from WBGO, this is Newark Today, your monthly look at what's happening in and around New Jersey's largest city. And now, here's your host, Michael Hill. Welcome to another edition of Newark Today on WBGO 88.3 FM and WBGO.org. I'm your host, Michael Hill of NJTV News. This is Thursday, October 25th, 2018. A lot to talk about this evening as we talk about the development outside the city of Newark's booming downtown district. The phone number to call here is 844-677-9283. We want your opinions, of course, on all this. Again, the call in number, 844-677-9283. Our guest this evening, the Honorable Mayor of Newark, Raz Baraka, yeah. and the Chief of Deve- Development for the City, Carmelo Garcia. Mr. Mayor, uh, good to see you again, sir. Uh, Mr. Mayor, uh, when we talk about development in the city of Newark, what's taking place outside of downtown Newark? That's what a lot of residents want to know about. Well, uh, actually, people who live in those communities can see the development that's happening, whether they live on Irvin Turner Boulevard. And you can see what's happening right there in front of you, the refurbishing of those that lot that was abandoned for decades, uh, which is affordable housing being built there, or whether you live on Martin Luther King Boulevard, you see the development that's happening there, or you live on Central Avenue, uh, you see what's going on on South Orange Avenue. I mean, so all over the city, there are things happening across the street from where people live at, and they can actually see those things, and um, most of it is, if not all of it, is affordable. In fact, there's twice as much affordable development being built in the city than downtown. Downtown is just usually a sexier there's a bigger thing going on, and people are arguing about two, two maybe three buildings that they actually see going up uh, in their face as opposed to all of the development that's happening uh, throughout the city. And then we have targeted kind of pieces that are, that are happening. I mean, whether we talk about Clinton Avenue or some of the West Ward, uh, you know, uh, infill housing that we're working on and developing with some of these minority developers in the city. So there's a lot of stuff happening. A lot of partnerships we have with whether it's the Urban League or ICC or uh, New Community, a lot of partnerships going on uh, to build very uh, targeted housing for specific communities as well. Uh, you know, whether chronically homeless, all of these things that 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 are, that are happening uh, in the city is going to continue to happen. Carmelo, let me ask you this: The mayor mentioned partnerships. How important are these partnerships to getting these projects? They're getting the funding for these projects to, to put shovels in the ground and, and to have bricks going up. It's critical. I mean, the one word that the mayor emphasizes is collaboration. So these public-private partnerships are necessary, and you have these public nonprofit partnerships that also are critical with the CDCs. So uh, we rely on them to because they have land that they're sitting on as well. they got properties that they would like to see redeveloped. And, you know, without them kind of being in the driver's seat with the city, you know, it makes it very difficult. Uh, At the same time, when you have these uh, public-private partnerships, we're relying on the private partner to bring in the infusion of that capital and have access to the financing that's necessary to get the project basically underwritten and financed. How do these typically start? Uh, uh, Somebody sees a piece of property, old site of uh, Hayes Homes, or something like that, a big vacant field, and say, you know what, I think something should go there. Who, who does the initiation? Does the private sector do it? Nonprofit? Does the city come in? So it's twofold. What the mayor did when he first came in, right, his vision was 
to have a comprehensive plan. So we created a community a community wealth building model, which requires that all development begin not just in the core of the downtown, but eventually bleeds out into the neighborhoods. And then the neighborhoods, Newarkers and residents can capitalize on that which is coming their way from the investment and the developments that are being uh, built. And so it begins with if a resident, you know, sees, uh, first of all, the mayor has these uh, meetings constantly. Community outreach is is what we do for transparency to say, listen, if you see something, you know, a side yard, you want to build a property where you want to go from rentals to home ownership, then you submit a letter of intent and you let us know what it is that you desire. And in that letter of interest, we evaluated what they're proposing, a two-family home where I want to rehabilitate, you know, a, a structure that's there, that's abandoned, or pretty much, you know, you're doing a, a ground up. And therefore, once it's evaluated that that makes sense on that residential block or on that mixed-use block, depending on the zoning, then we would go forward and allow that resident to basically acquire that site. There are other blocks and lots that are distressed in neighborhoods, which is part of what the Mayor's Model Neighborhood Initiative was, in order to stimulate some activity in those wards in the west and south, uh, north, and, and but the M&I being there. And then that led to the neighborhood development plan and program that now has been uh, continuously championed to make sure that we get more small developers, mid-sized developers, residents to become developers and who are Newark-based, you know, uh, MBE, WBE, black and brown. And it's, it's given them a seat at the table to make that happen. Do you get a lot of letters from people saying that they are interested in development, that, that I think X should go on this lot, those, those types of things? We, we, we do. We have residents who constantly now see the activity. They want to be a part of it because of the messaging that the mayors had, and they want a piece of the, you know, of the equity. They want to be a stakeholder in the process. Mr. Mayor, are enough people coming forward, in, in your estimation, enough Newarkers coming forward and saying, you know, I have a vision for this piece of property, I have um, a plan for this piece of property? Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, we don't expect, like any other city, a bunch of residents to come forward and say, we want to build, we're builders. Right, right. Most people aren't developers. You know, they just want to make sure the neighborhood looks nice and that they have the things that they need in that neighborhood. So. When we get to a point where we're doing community discussions, most people are involved in that, trying to envision what's happening in their neighborhood. Uh, part of the People's Assembly that we're doing now is designed to get uh, input from people specifically around development policy and budget. So to get them to say, this is what we think should be here, this is what we don't think should be here, To uh, all of those meetings are, are, are possible, especially when we're doing um, areas in need of redevelopment. You mentioned the People's Assembly. What is that? Well, it's a uh, kind of new uh, piece that we've added uh, this term, which is led by Andrea Mason and, uh, you know, uh, her assistant, Levita. We um, created something that was uh, borrowed from Jackson, Mississippi, um, uh, Chokwe Lumumba, Antar, the, the mayor there. Uh, you know, we, we are creating, an, an, and I don't want to say an organization, but a venue for organizations to be able to come together and discuss their neighborhood. And, and we begin looking at the city outside of these ward constructs and looking at them through neighborhood constructs uh, and beginning to get that neighborhood to have a direct relationship with the city. And have you had uh, these uh, any of these people's assemblies so far? Yeah, we've had several meetings. Right now, 
their meeting around the, the service line uh, uh, issue, but we've already had maybe five meetings already uh, prior to all of this to kind of get people, create a database, c- connect with organizations, get folks together so they can understand w- what neighborhood they live in, that they don't live in a ward, they live in a neighborhood, and to begin to organize the city and our resources in the city to deal with people's neighborhoods and not deal with it as a ward, which is why we always make error, because we treat the entire ward like as one monolith when there are a bunch of neighborhoods in a ward that have different needs and, 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 and ideas. Do you have something to say about the mayor talking about the People's Assembly, about development in the different parts of the city, the wards as some people call them? The mayor you just heard, heard calls them neighborhoods, the city of Newark. Uh, if you have an opinion, have a thought, share it with us, 844-677-9283, 844-677-9283. Mr. Mayor, the, the People's Assembly, when I go back to that, about five meetings you said so far, uh, what's come out of these? What are you learning from the people of Newark about what they want for their city? So in, in the first instance is the kind of reaction that people normally have. You know, what we used to, their relationship with the city is to say the things that they complain about and the right. city needs to respond to those things. So very fundamental things that we're trying to graduate out of. Uh, and so we have able to organize the meeting, uh, Andrea, in a way to get the best response from the residents. So it's not just we're talking at each other, but we're, we're, we're solving problems, but also trying to be proactive. And uh, we're beginning to really uh, get into issues around how we see the neighborhood. Uh, what's actually happening there, not just development, but job growth, streetscape, all of those uh, particular things, schools. Uh, uh, and soon we're going to be coming to these meetings with budget, budget and policy stuff. So before we even go to the council for approval, we're going to allow the People's Assembly to be able to have an opportunity to look at the budget and discuss some of the things that are going on in the, in the city's budget. Where do the assemblies take place? Are they in all different uh, sections of the city? Yeah, in different sections of, of the city. Um and like I said, the city is really organized into 21 neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. It, it is not these wards. Wards are developed uh, for political reason. Mm-hmm. And um, the police department don't even follow the ward construct, right? So there are some people who believe that because they live in the South Ward, for, well, the Central Ward, for example, that the Central Ward precinct responds to them. That's not true. The, some of them have to deal with the South Ward because the police precincts are not organized in wards. That's why we have seven now uh, precincts as opposed to five. Uh, that gave people the wrong idea about what the precincts were. Um, and so we, we want to continue that. We want people to know you live in Clinton Hill. You live in Belmont, right? You live in Ivy Hill. You live in Valesburg. So when people say Valesburg, they're generally th- talking about all of the West Ward or the Upper West Ward. And that's not true. Valesburg is one part of it. Then above Valesburg is Ivy Hill. Right. And then you have Fairmont and you have all these other places. And we want people to be aware of that. And who attends these from the city? You attend them? Uh, other department heads? Will yeah, everybody. Well? I mean, this is uh, probably every department head you can imagine mm-hmm. and their managers and all kinds of folks uh, all the way down to maybe rodent control to to aides to people who deal with development, engineering, streetscapes, you know, uh, anything from potholes to to bump outs to so people can understand how city government works. And not just, I want to deal with city government when I have a problem, right? And, and that's what we're trying to get away from. I have an issue, I'm going to call a mayor. No matter what the issue is, I'm going to call a mayor. We need to have, we need you to engage your neighbors first in your neighborhood and then respond to the mayor. So how do you 
Because I, I would imagine when people um, show up and an opportunity to talk to the mayor, an opportunity to talk to Carmelo Garcia, would come there uh, um, prepared to complain about something. Sure. How do you control that so that, look, th- this is about listening. This is about your concerns. Let's not turn this into a complaint fest. Right. Let's- so we never had that. So it's just the context of how we organize the meeting, how I introduce it, how Andrea organizes things. And most people are, don't come to do that. And you'd be surprised. Most people come down there. We have the regulars that do that. And I make an announcement. Look, there's a bunch of meetings in the city. If you want to yell, scream, call people names, there's enough meetings where you could do that. Go to city council. Right. You go to city council, cuss, throw shoes. Whatever it is that you do that gets you to feel good about something, make it happen. But these meetings are not designed to be like rocking chairs, right? A lot of motion, but we ain't getting nowhere. These meetings are designed for problem solving. And so the residents understand that. And that's what they really want. So when people get up and do those things, we don't have to say anything. The residents say, hey, 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 come on, we're not, we're not here for that. You know, we're trying to do this and this and that because I don't, I don't get a chance to come out, these residents, right? I don't come to the council meeting. I don't come to this meeting. I don't come to that meeting. This is my chance to try out how to engage city government. And I don't have no time to waste. I don't have any time to waste. I don't come here and listen to craziness. I need, I need to be home eating, my kids and so forth and so on. That's serious, you know, and uh, we have to try to accommodate that. And we do. We want to build that culture. Uh, Carmelo, you've been to some of these meetings? Yes. Describe it for me. Uh, Interestingly, it's pioneering. I mean, clearly you want to have it as a uh, listening session and you want to engage the residents, which is uh, important. But having all the department heads, like the mayor, make sure that everyone there across the board can address certain things and interact with the residents. I think what's, what's wonderful is that you get an opportunity to educate them on what's happening, right? And, and they get to be a part of the marketing and rebranding of their neighborhoods, of the community. And so it, it's important, the dialogue, but I think it's very effective that when he leaves there with the team, he makes sure the follow-through is there. And that's important, right? It's just not fluff. It's just not a listening session, and then there's no action, you know, and that's what I love most is that he has that GID, you know, we say get it done sort of uh, mindset mantra. I mean, it's important, you know, and, and he holds people accountable, which is what I love the most. I mean, he will challenge you and he will, you know, get you to maximize your best in really serving the community. The phone number here on WBGO Newark Today is 844-677-9283. We're talking about housing, and somehow that's melded into a discussion about uh, what we're just learning about, the People's Assembly that the mayor has established here in the city of Newark. The mayor is our guest this evening, along with the chief of development, Carmelo Garcia. Carmelo, based on what you describe, and I'm looking at your face and your hands here as you talk about it, you're almost talking about reintroducing people to the city of Newark in a civic way that, 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 look, you can be involved in making your city better. Yes. I mean, clearly it's about giving them a seat at the table as a stakeholder, and he does that uh, phenomenally, and, and it allows us to really kind of gauge them and see what they want. So we have a lot of visioning processes that take effect where you get the community out when we're doing either a blight study or a redevelopment plan, which is pertinent to the process. So once I, I believe once they feel that they're part of the process, you know, they take ownership. There's an empowerment factor there. And it's exciting. I mean, it, you know, you can see the passions and you can see that people want to see Newark succeed and they want to feel like they're a part of that champion movement 
that that gives them that you know real intense feeling of like you know we're doing it together. Mr. Mayor, you get that sense too that the people are showing the ones who are showing up are saying that look, I'm I'm taking a a, a, a better ownership stake in my in my uh, in my city. Yeah, we and we want them to do that because there there are people they've never even met that come to those meetings and it's segments of city government they didn't even know exist. Sustainability officers they don't know that existed. Some people do and others. What was interesting is that I had some of the people from one of the South Ward meetings come down to the East Ward. And, I'm, and I try to explain to people, Newark is, you have to be very specific, because generally people talk about Newark in one general term. If something is not happening for them in their neighborhood, they scream that this is a problem throughout the city. And I try to tell them, well, that's not factual, what you're saying. And people get up and say stuff like that and really brand the city in a very negative way. So I had some people come to the South Ward where they were complaining about the kind of trees. And when when the meeting was over, she approached me and she was like, I am so glad I came here down to the East Ward. This is absolutely, completely different than the meeting we had in the South Ward. They're complaining they don't have any trees. Can you give them the trees that we don't want? That's, that's, it. that's what she said. Can, is, it, is it possible for you to give them our trees? Because we try to get rid of our trees. And uh, it was interesting for her to, to say that and to be able to see that the, the, the issues that they have are different from the issues that, that they're fussing about. And it's important for us to look at communities separately and different and begin to treat them differently. And it, it, each community needs advocates for what they need and not listen to people who try to put everybody in the same boat. Well, I'll tell you one thing. I, I've, I've had to dig up some trees. And, yeah. and it, it's <laughs> difficult. If she wants to dig up a tree, she's going to have to hire her. No, okay. We, <laughs> have, a, we, we have a caller now. This is... Um, um, Anaye from Newark, who has a question about abandoned properties in neighborhoods around the city. Welcome sure. to the broadcast. Go ahead, please. Hello. Um, my name is Anaya North Korea. I'm 11 years old, and my question is, um, how is it safe for unvacant properties and drug dealers to just have an opportunity to go inside of those unvacant properties with nobody paying attention in the neighborhoods? Well, there are people paying attention, so I don't want you to think that nobody's paying attention. It's not true. Um, You know, we are trying to develop those properties. We can't just tear people's properties down, too. We live in capitalism, so if we tear somebody's property down without their permission, we're going to get sued. We have to make make them board the property up, keep it clean, all those other kind of things. We have short-term and long-term plans for what those, what we can do with those properties, which is part of our West Ward development strategy, infill, trying to get local people to develop that into stuff. Uh, but secondly, we have this land bank that we're trying to create. Uh, when the governor signs it, we get the state legislature to pass it. They passed it before Governor Christie vetoed it. Uh, we, we are prayerful that this governor is not going to do that, and uh, we get to begin to organize those abandoned properties in, in a way and, and get rid of some of them and, and, and sell them off lots and, and, and housing uh, and, and, and allow it to be a part of our redevelopment strategy. I know that they are eyesores and they become problems for our community. We understand that and we think we have a strategy using the land bank uh, to be able to secure those properties from people, take them from people who do not keep them up, uh, and, and and give them to, to residents. You want to add something to that? Yes, Mr. Mayor. And I think if you have the address, one of the things that Mayor always encourages is, you know, send us the address so that we can have our property management division go board that abandoned property up. Because if it's abandoned 
uh, and vacant, then what happens is there's an act. It's called the Abandoned, uh, Abandoned Property Act that allows us to recover that property. You know, we file for foreclosure on the property, and we can send the Division of Property Management to actually board that property up. Uh, is she still on the line by any chance? She is not on the line. Wanted to get the address from her. Um, Mr. Mayor, you talked about this uh, land bank uh, bill, the uh, Governor uh, Christie vetoed it. It would give the cities more power to do something about these about these uh, 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 these buildings? Yeah, the, the land bank, in essence, it gives the city the authority to um, transfer some of the, the city properties that we have into a land bank, into a nonprofit group that the city creates or that we, which is more likely what we will do, or, or another nonprofit to be able to administer, to sell the properties, to get rid of them quicker, to take these people to court faster than the city can, to acquire properties for them. So if you have people who have had properties for 30 years, they live overseas, they don't keep it up, we could take that property from them very shortly. If the city had to do that, it would take us eminent domain, we have to do all these other kind of things. These folks can actually go and get the property, take them to court directly. That gives us more authority to have control over some of that stuff. 844-677-9283. 844-677-9283. The mayor is here this evening, along with Carmelo Garcia, the chief of development for the city of Newark. 844-677-9283. We know you have some concerns. We know you have some questions. We know you have some comments, maybe even some compliments about the city of Newark. Those are welcome, too. Uh, just <laughs> give us a call. Here We'd like to hear from you. Mr. Mayor, you talked about uh, uh, going after some of these blighted properties. The city, uh, over the summer, I understand, got help from one of the major law firms here, um, uh, McCarter and English, right. to help go to court and get some of these things done. And McCarter English is working uh, uh, in some capacity pro bono, I believe? Yeah, th- that is around the right to counsel. So it is our uh, uh, ordinance that would allow residents under a certain uh, poverty level to be able to go to court with a lawyer so they're not illegally evicted uh, from their properties a part of us trying to maintain some kind of equitable development. People try to throw people out of their apartment in order to raise the rent and all, all the kind of things like that because we have rent control. We want to make sure that that is not happening. Uh, we know that 50% of the time when people go to the court with a lawyer, uh, well, 50% of those cases don't actually make it to court when folks know you have a lawyer, right? So we want to make sure that that, that is. And McCarter English is helping us in, uh, with this a great deal. Uh, you mentioned uh, some of the uh, these uh, uh, blighted properties in the city and the land bank bill, which uh, uh, the former governor uh, vetoed. Uh, what impact do you think it has? Carmelo, uh, I'll ask you the same yeah. thing. What impact do you think it has on development when you start seeing um, in, in these residential neighborhoods these blighted properties, these eyesores, these things that have been sitting there for, for years, and it almost seems that the city's hands are tied in trying to do something about this? Well, it, you know, we we have a demolition strategy too, trying to knock some of these properties down. But ultimately, it affects the. Uh, and we went to Detroit to see the same kinds of uh, things. It affects the the value of the homes on the block. More importantly, it makes it difficult for people to want to move into that block. So, uh, if you have a, a tree line neighborhood with nice houses and you have five abandoned properties on that thing that are looking horrible, uh, we want to take those properties down or get people in them because it raises the value of the other homes and it and it encourages other people to move in on that block. I, I live on Shear Avenue. When I when I first moved to the block, 
there were at least four or five abandoned properties on my block. All boarded up. All boarded up. One of them was mine. I bought a boarded up house, uh, fixed it and moved in it uh, a, a bunch of years ago. Because I did that, I believe, those other houses also, people moved in and did the same. And so we might have one uh, abandoned property uh, on a house on a block that's not being developed. So we have some that are actively now being developed, and that's what we we need to do all over the city. Begin to target these places and and be able to go out and find buyers uh, with good prices, and not you know be a, 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 a absentee landlord or owner who's trying to rob everybody or sit on the property until the market changes so they can charge. Five six hundred thousand dollars for a home. You got a good price for your house. I got an excellent price for my house. <laughs> as a matter of fact, you know, uh, yeah, I had an excellent price. Did you do some of the work yourself to uh, to fix it up? Well, I, I supervised some people. <laughs> some That's still work, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, I, and I, I bought I bought this house before I was uh, uh, even a councilman. So, you know, I I uh, it, it it's served me well. We have another caller here. This is um, Bawaye uh, from Brooklyn, and she has a question about uh, those abandoned properties. <laughs> I know I butchered your name. I'm sorry. There. What's your he, name, he, please? He, he, he. Balewa, Balewa. That's Rich Mason. What's up there, Mayor? Okay, How you all right, doing? Great. I'm good, brother. Yes, sir. What's your question, sir? Well, I, I wanted to know just pretty much because I'm based out here in New York City, Brooklyn, and, you know, I've definitely been monitoring um, the development of Newark. So, you know, um, as as the rents are really getting very, very high here in New York City, a lot of people are looking to start, you know, purchasing property. Uh, first-time homeowners, of course, um, property that can be feasible. But Newark, it, Newark was so much development. I just wanted to know, was there a place in which um, you had that information readily available, not just also to, to the people of Newark, but also people who want to come and invest in Newark? Yeah, well... Fortunately, the people who want to invest in Newark have been, been, been they up on the information quicker than the residents have been, uh, which speaks to your call. But we, we uh, it is uh, available, actually, for people to come. I mean, there are homes in Newark, uh, particularly in the South Ward where I live, that uh, there are families that are from Brooklyn who live there now who purchased those homes, who were renting in New York, who have now decided to purchase a home and raise a family in the city of Newark. So we welcome that, and we have opportunities uh, uh, to help out, particularly if the property is city-owned. Now, if it's owned by somebody private, you might be on your own there, brother. But uh, we we but we do have opportunities uh, around down payment and things like that, but they're usually or, uh, organized for city workers, school system, housing authority, police, fire, you know, folks that work in the city government where we pay we're paying uh, or, or giving people $5,000 toward their closing and $25,000 toward the rehabilitation of, a, of an abandoned home. Wow. That's amazing. That's amazing. Great job. Listen, Thank I you. applaud you, Mayor. Yo, I always will have your back. Um, big up to everyone in Newark, and um, y'all definitely have a blessed evening. Thank you, too, brother. You Thank too. you. Thank, Thank you. you very much. Thank you, man. M- Mr. Mayor, are, uh, what's the city's housing stock like um, in, in terms of these these uh, abandoned properties? Uh, Carmelo? So, so right now we have about probably, I mean, in the inventory, uh, 1,500, right, properties 
that spread were, throughout the city. Correct, that we're attacking, right? I mean, it's been a three-pronged approach. Our strategy has been on, on one path, basically doing infill residential housing, on another path, doing block-by-block development, which is the Neighborhood Development Program. And on the other path, basically, uh, you're looking at just the rehabilitation of those properties because some are just vacant land, and then you have those that have structures on them, and we need them to be rehabilitated. And one of the things that uh, the mayor did successfully was with the inclusionary zoning ordinance is allow for anybody who is looking for a tax abatement or a variance it triggers it, whereas they have to embed a 20% affordable housing into that project if it's anywhere in the city. But they also have the path B, the second one, which allows them to pay into a payment in lieu, but that's not what we want, right? We want the path C, which is the mayor's pushing them, which is pioneering, to rebuild, take lots in the west and south ward, and basically buy those lots and rehabilitate those lots and then resell them at their cost, which you could buy a property, a new home for about $225,000, $200,000 in these uh, wards. And so the inventory right now, I mean, we have 13,000 units in the pipeline being redeveloped, uh, 11,000 uh, currently pretty much just in approval status, or so another 2,000 coming down the pike. And yet the neighborhoods, we focused on making sure that those distressed properties get the revitalization and also made the mayor's been focused on the commercial corridors because we want to continue to incentivize and stimulate these areas with developments that are for homeowners like municipal employees, public school employees with a village concept, whether it's a law enforcement village, you know, whether it's a the artist district corridor uh, and the arts and musician village. So these are the things in entrepreneur village uh, like Kruger Scott Mansion. So these are the things that um, we have been championing and we've been commissioned to make sure we deploy. Carmelo, am I correct? Are you talking about these are city owned properties? 13,000 in redevelopment, 11,000 approved for it, 2,000 coming. Are these city-owned? No. No, no those no. are private. Those are private. private There's okay. 13,000 in the pipeline that are right now approved to be constructed, and then the 1,500 okay. is what we were referencing on uh, city assets. All righty. Uh, we're talking to Carmelo Garcia, the chief of development for the city of Newark, the mayor of Newark. Uh, we've been talking about housing in the city, housing the different neighborhoods, housing in the wards, as some people uh, call them. We've been learning a whole lot this half hour, especially about the People's Assembly, which the mayor told us about this evening. A lot more to talk about. Callers there. Hold on. Short break. We'll get right to you. This is Bob Porter with a reminder about a special event. Bam! Thank you, ma'am. It's all doo-wop on this Saturday morning function this week. The first hour features six of the greatest vocal groups of the era. The second hour features music and conversation with Kenny Vance. All doo-wop on Saturday, October 27th for the Saturday morning function on WBGO. WBGO's The Checkout presents a concert exploring the edge of jazz with two bands in one night at 151 New Blue in the East Village, New York City. I'm Simon Redner. And I hope you'll join us for a night with the French-American jazz hip-hop ensemble Thieves. Followed by the jazz synth master Big Yuki. 
The music starts Friday, November 2nd at 9 p.m. We'll be there to capture the music, but you can be there too, in person. Tickets and more information at checkoutjazz.org. You're listening to Newark Today, and we want to hear from you. Call us at 1-844-677-9283. That's 1-844-677-9283. This is Newark Today on WBGO 88.3 FM and WBGO.org. Org. That's online. The phone number here is 844-677-9283. The mayor's our guest this evening, along with Carmelo Garcia, the chief of development uh, here in the city of Newark. We've been talking about housing and other issues here uh, in the great city of Newark. We have a caller. Tony, thank you for calling the broadcast. Uh, you have a question about nonprofits? Yes, sir. I am a nonprofit organization in the state of North New Jersey, and I'm very interested in being a part of the redevelopment of what Mr. Raz Baraka was uh, bringing to the table, I think that's an awesome and great um, ideal. And I was loving to want to know how do the nonprofits be able to approach that in a sense, because some don't know. Okay. What kind of a nonprofit? Is, is it a, like a community development corporation? What kind of a nonprofit you know, are you? Well, uh, non-profit. my nonprofit is a educational uh, development um, nonprofit for the youth. So pretty much we have like a youth build in the city of Newark and I guess would follow suit with that approach where if you're interested in looking at some property that you want to do a redevelopment project and, you know, have a concept plan to do something like a youth build where you're doing mixed-use sort of residential housing with some commercial, uh, then what it would be is simply, you know, I mean, you go out to the city of Newark's website. I think it's critical. It's a, it's, it's a wonderful vehicle to get the information that you need or go through the Community Economic Development Corporation's website. website. It, it tells you there uh, in the EHD tab, Economic House Development, you know, you just submit your inquiry. If you have a uh, letter of intent, you can submit it to uh, ehdloi at ci.newark.nj.us. Got that, Tony? Okay. Yes, sir, I did. Already, great. Thank you for calling. Ms. Mayor, I, I think congratulations is in order to you. You got a, um, a small business advocate award. Yeah, from U.S. Conference of Mayors. Absolutely. That was great. It was a great opportunity for us. Recognize the work that's happening in the city, mostly being done by uh, Aisha Glover and CEDC, uh, you know, and, uh, you know, some, a point that we didn't make before, you know, the, the, most of these communities have uh, business improvement districts. Uh, you know, Ironbound was the, was the first and only one in the city. Then, you know, the downtown district became a, a bid. Uh, we created... Uh, the Mount Prospect had one in Northwood. We created one in the Southwood when I was a councilman, Bergen Lyons, Clinton District. Now there's another one in the Northwood and another in the Westward. And those are important because they also add to corridor redevelopment, beautification. It gets the businesses and the community involved in the development process uh, immediately. I mean, we're, we're rethinking Bergen Street now. We just did an area need and redevelopment on Bergen Street. We have the Bergen Street 
bid involved, Ronice Bruce and, and that crew involved, uh, St. Barnabas, some other folks. So we're we're ready at the opening gate to redevelop Bergen Street, hasn't been developed in decades, that we're going to do some major work over there and involve the community in that. We have another caller here. This is Amy from Forest Hills. Hi, Amy. Hi. Thanks for taking my call. So, Mr. Mayor, I, I have a question for you. So a lot of us have moved to Newark because we really love the historic district. And unfortunately, when people move in, they don't understand that when you live in a neighborhood like Forest Hill or in you know, um, some of the other historic districts, that you have to keep your house to code, that you have to do things in accordance with landmarks, the Landmarks Commission. And when we go to report these things, unfortunately, the code enforcement people just don't seem to respond. What do we do when we care about our communities, especially those outside of the Central Ward? What should we do? Well, the, the code enforcement folks work outside of the Central Ward, too, so they're, they're designated for those areas. I think if people are, if, if you have a specific person that's not responding, you should call uh, you know, Tommy McDonald, who's in charge of the code enforcement officer, reach out to the mayor. I mean, like any other community, when there are people, if you're getting, not, if you're not getting the response you need, you have to engage City Hall, which is why we're doing these people's assemblies so we can begin to get the kind of engagement we want. And, and there are people all over the city, whether it's in a historic district or not, who are not probably keeping up their homes to the extent that we need them to. You know, uh, short of ringing people's bell and asking them, listen, you, you should do whatever, which was important to have block associations. Improvement Association. That's what the People's Assembly is about, trying to get neighborhoods together so you're not just an individual calling City Hall to complain on somebody, but actually organizing a community, a neighborhood uh, where people can begin talking to each other and engaging each other around these specific issues with the support and the, the scaffolding of a city government. Uh, so I, I, if, if, you, if there was a strong, and I know, you know, the folks over in Forest Hill, Forest Hill Improvement Association and, and all of the, the district over there, they have very strong organizations. Uh, you know, we need to talk to these folks. And, and I'm sure even after you talk to people, they still don't do what you ask them to do. And you need to get the city on them. And, and the code enforcement, need, code enforcement officers need to do their job uh, and uh, begin to write these people up. I know some of them are gun shy with writing citizens up for, for, for specific things, but we have to get them to, to do that because that's also their, their job. Thank you for the call, Amy. We have a Facebook comment, too, Mr. Mayor. Um, this is uh, Munira. Uh, she wants to know if the city is helping residents to purchase the city-owned abandoned properties as they have in Baltimore. Absolutely. That's exactly what we're doing, in fact. <laughs> as a matter of fact, we have regular meetings uh, to make sure people are doing that. The model neighborhood, the neighborhood development plan is is Newark residents who are purchasing these properties, who are developing them, by the way, and, and getting ready for other people to live in them. The whole land bank strategy is designed to acquire those properties and get them to, to the Newark residents first and foremost. Carmelo, how do they find out where these properties, not where they are, but how do they find out they can have, they can get access to these properties, these, these uh, abandoned properties, even the vacant fields? What do they do? What's step one? So step one is, I mean, you reach out to the city. You can go through the city's website. Uh, I gave that email out just earlier. Uh, I can repeat it again. And I think you make the inquiry, right, because it's called site selection. So I see a property. I'm interested. You know, I submit my inquiry. 
and pretty much we do site availability. You know, we determine whether it is available because the residents may not know that it's already has a preliminary designation or it has a redevelopment agreement or it has a, been directly sold and that we give them at that point, you know, pretty much 12 months, uh, 9 to 12 months to uh, rehabilitate the property or redevelop it from ground up. So, And we help them with different resources. Uh, we want more folks who are interested. And, and we're doing now the, the side uh, yard sales, which uh, the mayor's been very big on, talking about, listen, if someone else, like when we went to Detroit, we saw, we talked about that strategy, and we saw that sort of in effect happening there uh, that would be very instrumental for Newark as well. So the phone number here is 844-677-9283. Talking to Carmelo Garcia, the Chief of Development for the City of Newark okay. and the Honorable Mayor of Newark, Raz Baraka, 844-677-9283. Call us. Right. Uh, share your concerns, share your comments, share your questions. I, I, uh, I, I, I want people to know that yes. there are Newark residents who are developing mm-hmm. projects I was going to ask you that. Right now. There are people who were born and raised in Newark in some of the worst parts of the city who are developing? We have a developer from Baxter Terrace who developed condos right at the, bo- the top bottom of Lincoln Park. We have, uh, you know, Sari and them group who are, who are doing development in different parts of, of the city who are putting together things who are very serious about this. Who just don't come to meetings to fuss. They want to know how they can actually do this and 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 are doing it right. They are and developing major projects uh, in the city. Uh, that must be encouraging to you as mayors. You can hear uh, uh, some of the callers saying it seems that Newark is doing the right thing under this mayor. Well, yeah, I mean, at the, well, we're trying to, that's for sure. And, uh, you know, they're, they're, I'm proud of when I get to see, you know, when we have a, a, a meeting and the guys come up and speak, listen, I, I, I'm a part of this property, I have this property, I'm developing this thing, I'm developing that. And they, and they come and meet with us. It's not a we bring them into our development meetings. We 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 engage them and we try to support their efforts. And 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 the folks know that. And and we can't give give them everything, but we try to fix their gaps, give them what they need, you know, to to help move them along. And there have been success. So I'm 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 excited about that. We have another yes, Carmelo. If I may add, I mean, this is one of the most historic times where you have a mayor who is not just visionary and progressive, but uh, truly is leading the charge with his team on inclusive and equitable growth development. And it, it's just not, uh, it's the residents, it's uh, LGBTQ, it's veterans, it's seniors. Uh, we, we're doing it across the board, you know, comprehensively. And, and there's a great push for residents now, like, you know, you have you know, I just today I was talking to Anita Rivers. She's developing, you know, uh, 20 units. You got, like Mayor mentioned, Syree, Benedict. You know, they're coming, they're stepping up, and, and they're realizing, even if they're neophytes, some of them are saying, you know, I want in. I want to basically be able to own my own home and have equity in the city. And that's what we're uh, strongly encouraging, but also assisting them, you know, when they take us to task. Carmelo, you make it sound as if... Um the people who are making these investments and, and doing these developments know something that the rest of us don't know about Newark. That it's trending. That Newark is, is not just on the rise. It's it's soaring. I mean, you know, redevelopment as an urban planner, community development practitioner, there is a recipe. And when you deploy it correctly, you know, you have all the right ingredients and you have a mayor, again, who is visionary progressive and is saying, listen, 
I want my residents, New Yorkers, you know, black and brown folks to basically be a part of this. That is amazing. And so um, they see, like recently we just did nine redevelopers from Newark, Newark-based, men, women of color who basically received 49 lots and they are redeveloping them, and we help them with the resources and emerging loan fund. We give them access, but they have to have their skin in the game to, you know, make it happen. They have to be serious. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they do know something that other people don't know. I think people see Newark is happening when there's blood in the water. You know, <laughs> bye. <laughs> you know, so I at, heard that at, 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 at the end of the day, people have this is this is people have been thinking about doing this for a minute. When the market changes, when we start making the pushing the right buttons. Folks are running, like the guy said, called in from New York. Look, we're paying attention. We're, we're coming. They're not going to wait for people in this area to figure out that Newark is not the caricature that people created it to be. They're not, you know, people are interested in that. I mean, well, Newark is horrible. Like, I live in Brooklyn. I'm coming. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I live in Harlem. I'm coming, you know, and, and, and that's what they're going to do. They're going to do that. And we're trying to get our residents to be more, uh, uh, you know, thoughtful and, and hopeful about what the future portends for their city uh, and begin to look at it in, in a way uh, that they can be a part of it and embrace it and not, you know, every time they get up, they sound like they want to get out of the town because there are people that want you to get out because they're waiting for you to get out so they can get your spot. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that's the subject of another show, Mr. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we have uh, another caller. This is James from Queens has a question about taxes. James, thank you for calling. What's your question? My question is that people are buying homes and they all of a sudden find that the taxes in that town have gone up due to the fact that there isn't enough revenue coming in, so the homeowner is forced to pay more higher taxes on the property as well as uh, utilities. And the fact is, how do you deal with a neighborhood where you've got old houses that are over 100 years old that have to be torn down? And then how do you deal with the planning department where they mop out this area and know that, well, this area was... Process and all of a sudden people move out because abandonment. So how, how do you deal with that? Well, the taxes in Newark uh, is probably some of the lowest taxes in the entire area. And uh, our tax rate went up 1.7% this year as part of the budget. So, I mean, people's, people's uh, property is being assessed at different values because of things that are happening in the city now. And people are selling property where before they were not selling it. Uh, we, we just po- spoke kind of uh, extensively about how we're trying to strategize around dealing with these abandoned properties uh, and getting them uh, developed or torn down. We would rather have them developed, if not to tear down the ones on the block and leave them vacant and do what we can, even selling side lots to people who own homes, uh, what, we, what we're trying to do in that land bank, which we got idea from uh, Detroit. But, uh, you know, I, I, I think ultimately uh, people are going to move, only move out the neighborhood when the values of their property go down. Our, our objective is to raise the value of people's property. And the only thing about that, when people move in your neighborhood and the value of your property goes up, it's going to be assessed at a higher rate. And that's what people need to understand. Your property is going to be assessed at a higher rate because there's a, there's great, your property ha- now has greater value. Uh, and that's, that's, it doesn't mean that the taxes are going up. It means, and they might be going up slightly. It means that your house is worth, house now is worth more than it was worth uh, prior uh, uh, than it was the, the year before, the year before that. Meaning if you decide to sell, you can get more money for it. You can get right. more money today than you got yesterday. Right. That's right. Where, where before, you know, you can't sell your home. You can't even right. do anything to it. There's no value in it. We have another Facebook comment. This is from Nicholas. 
Uh, he wants to know what the city is doing to attract a high to attract high profile stores uh, like they did with Burlington Coat Factory, um, Models, and uh, and Marshalls. This person must work for the city of school. I don't know who this person is. <laughs> <laughs> but we, we, I mean, I'll let Carmelo speak to that. But NCEDC is doing a great job, EHD, for attracting business. We go to the to the conference in Vegas every year. And I'm going to tell you, like, the first time I went there, it was like, I don't know why we're here. Like, nobody wanted to talk to Newark, you know, year number one. And I felt like we had a wasted trip. Uh, the last year we went, it was completely turned. It was completely different. You know, the excitement about Newark. People are interested in coming to the city retail, and retail is different now. So we have to rethink even that. You know, stores are closing because retail is not is not working. But you know, we are attracting uh, those kind of places, and Burlington Co Factory is one of the places we did attract. That's right. And I would echo what the mayor is saying is that, you know, with the growth in population, right, they are looking at the market data. I mean, we have five hotels coming to Newark that's market data driven. And these national retailers are coming into Newark, not just the 7-Elevens of the world, the crickets, you know, the CVSs. You have the stores, the retail. Burlington came in because they wanted to be the first. They know Old Navy. You know, we've been fortunate to have conversations with Old Navy, H&M other national retailers and we every day are entertaining Gallagher Steakhouse is coming to you know uh, the Dranoff project over one theater square which is incredible and all the other development with commercial their brokers are already out there literally like trying to ink deals for these commercial spaces that are coming online they're seeing the numbers and they're seeing that there is growth and the exponential growth is going to give them that return that they need on the market data and they also know the retailers were 18 minutes from Manhattan. You know, we have the best arts, culture, diversity uh, that the mayor constantly is touting. And if you look at a lot of the uh, recent stories, even the Wall Street Journal, they're looking at that. You know, and, and even with the Amazon, that's what they're looking at, our nature. We have, you know, $100 million being invested by the city in open space, right? World-class signature parks, uh, three-acre Mulberry Commons uh, is due to open up in December. And then you got the Riverfront Park that where you're going to be able to walk, you know, three miles long from, you know, where it is now, Raymond Boulevard, Madison to Bridgeton, and all the way up to Fourth Avenue. I mean, that's incredible. And so they're looking at that because they know that's going to be an attraction for more millennials, more uh, middle class folks. And, and, and of course, students, 60,000 students, you know, overall in, its, in, in the city of Newark with, you know, the esteemed higher eds that we have. Um, Carmelo, we got another call here, but I want to ask you this. The, the, the people who are making the decisions to come to Newark, are they telling you that, look, we consider this place, this place, this place, this place, what we want to be in Newark? Yes. Yeah, they're looking at it's all a lot of the retailers, you know, like the clothing uh, lines, you know, Burlington in particular, they saw that they're going to convert a block, you know, to 60,000 square feet of retail that is needed, right? And you already have Gap who's made the investment, Nike, Starbucks, etc. So it, it's trending. And they're saying, yes, we've gone to these other cities, but we're, comp- we're comparing them to your growth. You're the largest city in New Jersey. You've got so much happening. Uh, it's very comprehensive. And the investment and commitment from the mayor and council is there because it's all about market confidence. So when you have that certitude, that's what they rely on. And they see these developments, groundbreakers, ribbon cuttings, and cranes in the air. They're jumping all over it. Uh, Janine is on the line from Brooklyn. She has a question about gentrification. I love that word. Hi, Janine. Yes. 
Good afternoon. Oh, good evening, rather. Oh, gentrification, I will call whitening between you and me. I had to move three times in two years to avoid high rent. I am right now in a poor area of Brooklyn, displaced by a, a big uh, uh, national and international uh, retail uh, facilities and by people who moved in in the very poor area in which I moved 35 years ago and rehabilitated with a lot of work and love, I had to move out two, three times. Now, I am paying for a two-bedroom apartment, apartment, almost $3,000 a month for something that used to be $584. Janine, what's your question, please? I moved in. Yes, tell me your question. How are you going to avoid that? How are the people of Newark going to to sustain this kind of development? So I want to say first, you're lucky to be able to move around. Some people stuck. You know, they don't have the ability to move around and pay the rents like that. But it sounds like you need to Uh, move to Newark. Yeah, it sounds like. I don't know if you're going to get a two-bedroom for $500 uh, unless you live in public housing. But other other than that, which, which we need more of, by the way. But uh, other than that, there, there are things that we've put in place and we continue to put in place. We probably we have an equitable development committee that we're just getting voted on by the council, getting ready to put that together to make sure they think these this issues out. The right to council, inclusionary zoning, you know, all, uh, rent control, all of these things are necessary. We're contemplating retail uh, uh, inclusionary zoning as well. So we put a, a lot of these things in place uh, and we're going to continue to put more and more things in place to be able to make sure that our residents have the ability to take part in the growth. You almost become a victim of your own success in, uh, you know, this kind of capitalism that we live in. You know, we you have to build, uh, you know, something around you to protect you from all of the, the kind of avalanche of, of growth that's going to happen. Mr. Mayor, uh, Janine, thank you for the phone call. Mr. Mayor, you talked about the need for more affordable housing in the city, public housing and so forth. And there are some members on the council who are not too happy that the city is lining up a loan, two and a half million dollars for the one of the shack towers, yeah, and they yeah, think yeah, yeah. And, and they think that the city should not be should not be doing that because they have housing developments in their different sections of the city, and those are are, are, are developments that could use that kind of injection of cash. Well, they have to know how what de- what development is and 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 how to do it. I don't. We can't give a. I don't think we can give the one hundred eight loan to Terrell Homes. To, to do that is that that is not what those tools are created for. It's a loan. I mean, first of all, we get the money back. So it's the, the different economic development tools that were created for different projects and different things, particularly uh, for for uh, the kind of difficult development that takes place in markets uh, where people can't get a project done. So the city fills gaps. We fill gaps of a lot of people around the city in order to make the project work. If you don't fill those gaps, the project is not going to happen because they can't make it make economic sense for them, so they're not going to put the investment in the area. And the council people should know that. I'm sure they do. I mean, but, you know, sometimes they get a little political grandstanding going on, and I understand that. You know, we all have constituencies. But at, but at the end of the day, we can't partner with the housing authority and give them federal government grant because it's a federal government money program in the first place. We can, the, the grant we get is from the federal government. You know, in order for us to get... The housing authority more money. We gotta talk to Donald Trump and Carson and the rest of them, or find out how to do a rad. 
you know, grab money out of that project and begin to redevelop it based on what the project is worth. And all you got to do is have a short conversation with the Carmelo or a couple other people. We can explain that to people who, who have difficulty understanding the tools of economic development. I know when, yeah, go ahead, Carmelo. That's important to note that, you know, this is, it's a powerful vehicle, the Section 108, right, that HUD provides. And the city of Newark had never undertaken that uh, ability in leveraging those dollars. It's the first time under this administration, under the mayor, that basically he opened it up to allow, you know, you get $12 million and he opened it up so that you can have that gap closed, as he's mentioning. And back then, when these folks, that developer was looking at the project, you know, Newark wasn't where it is today. So you needed those infusions in order to make the feasibility of the project work. And, of course, it has a public benefit tied to it that always uh, is something to note. When you, uh, when you think of the development in the city, um, there are a lot of people who want to look at downtown and say, oh, I see things happening in downtown. I see this, this, this taking place. Mr. Um, Mayor, when you have these, um, uh, these assemblies, these, uh, the people's assemblies, do people come up talking about that, comparing their neighborhoods to what's taking yeah. place downtown? Because typically sure. people want to say, oh, downtown is this, but where, yeah. where's it, why is it not happening in my neighborhood? Right. They do. And they have to understand market forces and economic development. I wish that we could drive everybody up to the, and develop in the neighborhood. They're not going to do it because they're trying to make profit, these developers. And the profit margin is not there in those communities because they can't sustain the kind of development uh, that these people are trying to get in a downtown area. Our job is to attract this development, to get them here, and then create policy that helps us siphon off some of the wealth that comes into that development to use it for ourselves to begin to invest in those communities organically, well, inorganically, like purposefully we do that. We want to do it very deliberately. Uh, we have to do that, or we or we don't have any money to develop in those areas. You're not going to get any bank to finance anything. You could barely get a, a loan for your home, never mind to get them to build a 15-story building uh, in an area where everything is vacant. We, we have to do that ourselves until we turn the market. We've had phone calls from Queens, from Brooklyn. We have somebody on the line now. Chanel from Newark. Oh. Hi, Chanel. What's your question? Newark. Hi. Good evening, everyone. How are you? Hi there. Good. What's your question? A, yes. My, my question is affordability. So I know Newark has been doing a lot of work in terms of affordability and space and access for residents. How are we supporting that same lane for small businesses and artists? Well, we're, we're doing it for artists. Small businesses, we're working on. So we are talking about inclusionary retail. When we put together this inclusionary committee, they're going to be thinking about those things. So that's on our priority about how do we keep retail in those places? What do we do? What do we have to leverage? And the reason that we can leverage residential inclusionary zoning is because they need a tax abatement and they need a variance. They have to be able to get something from the city for us to have the legal authority to regulate them to do these specific things. So we can't just arbitrarily say you have to keep the rent at a certain rate for retail if you're not getting anything from the city. So we have to figure out uh, though any of those buildings that get in tax abatements that may have retail at the bottom or any of those folks that are getting variances that may have retail or any of those things they're using to be able to, you know, make them subject to some kind of regulation. Or when we do uh, deals, some kind of quid pro quo in terms of keeping residents, uh, re- residential retail there. I mean, we can't force people, again, in capitalism to say, 
you can you have to make this affordable unless they're getting something from the city and we leverage our tax abatement and we leverage our uh, zoning uh, variances to do that right now. We have just a, a few seconds left in the uh, in the broadcast. Ms. Mayor, I want to go back to the People's Assembly. When's the next one, and how do people find it about where they are taking place in the you city? You can go to the city's website. There's a, there's a link for the Newark People's Assembly. You can register right there so you can get every meeting. There's about five meetings coming up. There's one happening right now while I'm here. They're in uh, Roseville Avenue at the NIA Masjid. Uh, we had one yesterday. So there's some coming up all week uh, that people should know about. Uh, well, tomorrow and then next week. Uh, I, I just don't know it off the top of my head. You can go to the city's website, though. Go to the city's website. Our guest this evening on Newark Today, Mayor Raz Baraka and Carmelo Garcia. He is the chief of development for the city of Newark. I want to thank both of you. I want to thank uh, our guests there and also thank the staff here. Eng Santos on the phones, Corey Goldberg Operations, Alexandra Hill Producer, Doug Doyle, the executive producer. I'm your host, Michael Hill, and this is... <laughs> WBGO Newark.